Approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation. I'm your host, Kellen Conley. That's right, we back, baby. Woo! AKA B hyphen, not biphen, not B dash hyphen, not B hyphen hyphen, B hyphen. AKA Tony Stank, AKA Flames Omega, AKA Seattle Slough, AKA Drunken. Observer, aka Hyphen Killmonger, aka Wakanda Forever, aka, aka, aka. <clears throat> anyway, how's everybody doing today? Um, I am doing quite wonderful myself. Uh, it's uh, had, had a long weekend thanks to uh, Columbus Day that trash ass holiday but you know what it's a federal holiday and i'll take it that's right (laughs) i have no problem taking that so today's episode is going to be about the 20th anniversary of jay-z's 2000 album the dynasty rock la familia but first morgantown weather report let's go so currently here in morgantown it is a balmy I don't want to know tomorrow's weather yet. Okay, it is a balmy 57 degrees. That's right. Uh, clear skies, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing coming in, so no worries there. The temperature, oh, it looks like the temperature's not going to drop too much. Looks like it's going to be right around 60. 60 is going to be the low. And then tomorrow, we're looking at highs of about 72 for October 15th. And a little bit of rain maybe in the evening. Uh, 60% chance of participation participation precipitation during the night so if you're here for your morgantown weather report there it is thank you for joining me for the rest of you let's continue the show and for those of you who don't know i stream on twitch now when i'm recording this episode and uh dj strizzy friend of the show friend of me for many years i've known cortez uh 16 years uh, uh, my one of my best friends, Wes, introduced me to him in 2004. He brought him over to the house. We used to live on Naomi Street. Uh, me and my other roommate, Steve, another good friend of mine. And before I think about it, uh, before I forget, um, I mean, uh, let, let's just send all the good vibes to uh, Steve and his uh, his family because um, they did have they did come in contact with COVID. Thankfully, Steve and his son were asymptomatic. And then his wife had a little, had mild symptoms, but she still had it. They're slowly coming out of their 14 days. Steve is doing fine. Uh, His son is doing fine and his wife is doing much better. So keep sending positive vibes their way while I'm thinking about it. But shout out to DJ Strizzy, man. Um, He's watching the show and uh, he also streams on Twitch. So if you want to hear somebody throw down on on the ones and twos or sit there and try to produce a beat, um, make a beat like he was doing the other day. Um, you can find him at twitch.tv slash DJ Strizzy. So make sure you go check him out. 
Um, oh, and I also want to send good vibes to uh, another friend of ours, Marcus. Uh, he also contacted uh, COVID. Um, I think he was also asymptomatic. He didn't have too many, too many complications. So uh, good vibes to you, Marcus, as well. And not my semi-regular co-host. This is a Marcus, another Marcus. That's a friend of Steve's. He was Steve's best man in his wedding, and he also prevented me from doing my wedding toast. But I'm not bitter. Anyway, <laughs> oh man, always good to be back in the chair here at. I need to name my my studio, man. Let Let's see. So this is this would be Victory Jump Off Studios. So let Let's see. The first one would have been on Naomi Street. The second one would have been on Pennsylvania Avenue. The third one would have been on Denver Avenue. The fourth one would have been on fourth one would have been on Green Street. The fifth one would have been on um I can't remember the name of the street now. The street we lived on when Aaliyah was born. Uh but that would have been the fifth one. That's where most of my album and my mixtape my last mixtape was recorded. And then six would have been Arkwright, which six really didn't exist, though, to be honest, because I never really had a full studio set up. I didn't record any music. I recorded some podcasts. Um, but so let's just say six is there. So we're, this is Victory Jump Off Radio, Victory Jump Off Studios 7.0, lucky number seven. So, yeah, man, uh, we've officially anointed the studio that's what's up and in case i forgot to drop it if you want to watch the show live when i'm recording it normally i do it on sunday nights this is a special night because as you all know things happen uh it's twitch.tv slash b hyphen b-h-y-p-h-e-n but first hyphen nation is brought to you by hyphen pat hyphen nation is brought to you by hyphen <laughs> hyphen nation is brought to you by hyphen podcast group a Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people, hyphenpodcastgroup.com, and then also by Mark Robb, written by my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson. He writes prolific paragraphs of poisonous darts, like the one that he just posted recently. Uh, he uh, posted some some quick reviews of some films he had been watching over the past few months. So go check that out. And you can do so at themarkrob.wordpress.com. Again, that's T-H-E-M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. And that's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. So I was sitting here trying to think what I could do for you guys. <laughs> trying to think what I could do for you guys. And I realized... Oh, snap. I ain't talked about Jay-Z in a second. Because <laughs> in case anybody's familiar, or if you listen to the Culture Surfing podcast that I did with Lance Robertson, who was on my Eminem episode a few uh, shows back, uh, we talked about our greatest MCs of all time. And if you're a real devout fan of Hyphen Nation, if you've listened to episode 38, you will know that my favorite and my best MC of all time, hands down, is Sean Carter, Jay-Z, okay? Anybody knows me know that, knows this. Fun fact, uh, DJ Shrizzy has the blue, magic blue vinyl, and I've always begged him for it, and he refuses to give it to me because um, he's like, I like the color, even though he's never liked Jay-Z like that. I feel like I said that a few weeks ago, but if, if I did, so what? It's a funny story of how selfish my friend is. <laughs> 
But seriously, I was just trying to think of content uh, to do the show about because initially uh, we were me and George Gerbo and Marcus. We were going to come on here if the Lakers had closed out in five. We were going to come on here and on Sunday night and or yeah, Sunday. And we were going to essentially uh, recap the finals and LeBron's fourth ring and all that. Well, that didn't happen on Friday night. Uh, I, it was funny because I was actually playing. I'm, I'm playing Among Us for the first time with a guy named Handsome Bane, Eric Greenlee, and Malachi Unique of Obvious Nonsense and her pod. Insert name here, and also Lamarique was there, but he had to drop out because he had like three kids in his house. None of them were his that were at least on camera, and they seemed to be multiplying and swarming him. And we haven't heard from him since. So hopefully, Lamb's okay. And Marcus is on, but he couldn't connect. And yeah, th- I think it was all of us. So we were we were just sitting there um, playing Among Us for the first time and, and getting, to, getting to play that game, which is a real fun game. Uh, it's on my phone. It's free on mobile, $5 on Steam if you want to play that. Uh, it's essentially Mafia. If you're familiar with Mafia, you got to figure out who's Mafia and who's not, except you got to do tasks and everything. I really like it, but I'm sure I'll get tired of it like I normally do with most uh most mobile games, but we'll see. It, it's pretty fun. Marcus couldn't, since he couldn't get on the game, was watching game five live. And at first the Lakers were down big. The Lakers crawled their way back, took the lead. And watching Marcus run through the gamut of emotions as the Lakers squandered game five while we were playing that game was one of the most hilarious things ever. And the Lakers aren't even his team. He just wanted to see LeBron win another ring, just like I did. So it was pretty hilarious, but yeah, the Lakers didn't close out. Game six was on Sunday. Uh, we could have came on after the game, but honestly, man, um, I just knew I wasn't going to be up for it. Um, I really wanted to just settle down and watch the game, and that's what I did on Sunday night. Then I crashed. Um, had plans to get together with a couple other friends of mine, um, Eric Frome, who's been on the show, and then another friend of ours, uh, Clayton Tooley. We call him MC. Uh, we are all supposed to get on the show. We've been longtime friends, used to write comic book fan fiction together. This episode sponsored by Water, by the way. And, uh, you know, we were um, we're planning on getting together and just uh, shooting the shit for y'all. Um, I have plans to do a very special episode with Angel, who has not been on since the beginning of the, of the year, since before COVID. So we have a very special episode coming I'm working on an episode with Matt, who is down under right now. Is it still considered down under New Zealand, or is that only Australia? I don't know. But me and Matt are working out a way to record a special podcast, uh, a special episode of the podcast. I I call it special because this will be the first time me and Matt have podcasted together since 2012 when I lived on... Oh, I can't remember the name of that street I lived on, man. I can I can drive there right now, but I can't remember the name of it. Damn. Yeah, so the very first time that me and Matt will have gotten together, um, I really want to get Lamb back on the show. There's a couple other ideas in my head, but essentially I knew going into today, going into this episode, I would have, I had some topics, but I was like, yo, none of these are, are grabbing me. None of these are, going, are, really, are really doing it for me. So, what what what's a hyphen to do? Dip into the Jay Z bag, and this is what we're here for, ladies and gentlemen. So, with that said, 
uh, in the past, I have covered a few Jay-Z albums now. Let's see. So, me and Marcus on episode 35? Yeah, yeah, I think it was episode 35. Yeah, I think it was episode 35. Let's see, 33, 34. Yeah, I'm going to say 35. Um, me and Marcus got together to review Jay-Z's last solo album, which is 444, which came out in 2017. So that was the first thing that we that was covered on the show. And then also last year in October, uh, Lamarique and myself, we got together to talk about the 10-year anniversary of the Blueprint 3 and the 20th anniversary of uh, Volume 3, Life and Times of Sean Carter, of S. Carter. So... Those are out of the way. And I just figured, you know what? It, it could just be a recurring segment where when anniversaries come up for, for Jay that I feel are significant enough, uh, I want to get on here and, and talk about that album that came out that year because uh, he used to say he came out every summer. And sure enough, let's see, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. Nine summers was, was Hove's run before he, air quote, retired in 2003. So, let's go back, ladies and gentlemen, to the year 2000. Okay, Jack, this is a We Should Do This Again sometime podcast ad take one. In a world where laughter was king. No in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of podcast. In a land that... No in a land either. In a time... No, I don't think so. In a land before time. Jack, this is a cartoon movie, and we may get to it if you use that. Uh, can you say We Should Do This Again Sometime is hosted by Kat Chinetti and V. Mark Rob, please? One man. No. When your life is no longer your own. What, what does that mean? When everything you know is wrong. Okay, bro, that's enough. We should do this again sometime with Kat and Mark coming to a podcast app near you. Someone get this guy out the booth, please. No, I like it in here. And I'm just curious here. We're going to do a little podcast on 101, but this is some healthy podcast on 101. So we're going to do Billboard. We're going to do the two Billboard 200. You know, no, here's what we're going to do. Best, uh, you're going to do something weird, Google. We're going to do the best-selling albums of 2000. Now, this album, The Dynasty Rock La Familia, was released in on October 31st, 2000. Now, October 31st falls on a Saturday this year. Um, obviously that's Halloween. I could have waited, but at the same time I didn't want to. So I, I didn't want to. So let's see the list of Billboard 200 number one albums of 2000. Where's the list? So I'm just going to start reading y'all titles of albums. That was number one that are notable in 2000. Okay. So we had uh, Celine Dion all the way a decade of song. That was a collection of greatest hits. And then there was X, which was released in late 1999. That was DMX's third studio album. Life and Times of S. Di Carter, uh, Jay-Z, again released in late 1999. Supernatural by Santana. And yes, this is the one where 
uh, world famous musician Carlos Santana updated the sound with everybody in the music game, and it's actually a dope album. Uh, there was Voodoo by D'Angelo, No Strings Attached by NSYNC. I believe that was their second studio album, so that, that came out that year. Oops, I Did It Again, the second Britney Spears album. The Marshall Mathers LP, the second Eminem album. Now four. <laughs> now four. How many nows is there now? Uh, I got to know now. So it's the fourth edition of now. Um, uh, is there a list? Come on, give me a list of how many nows there are. Let's see. Let's just go to the top. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many now that's what I call music store was, but, uh, number four came out in 2000. So for anybody who's looking for that piece of trivia, number four came out in 2000. So this is where I want to get to country grammar by Nelly. Uh, I thought he, I couldn't remember if he came out in 2001, 2000, but it came out in 2000. And so you are, we already talked about Eminem. There's a whole episode of catch the show. Um, with me and Marcus and EG talking about the 20th anniversary of the Marshall Mathers LP. Um, but the other big artist that came out of nowhere was Nelly in 2000. And I just remember I had started reading the source in late in uh, early 1999. And I was reading the source up through like 2000, pretty much like maybe halfway through 2000. And they just kept talking about this unsigned hype kid, Nelly, and he has this album, and he has a song called Country Grammar. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then finally, Country Grammar arrived. And then everybody and their baby mama was going, going down, down, baby, young street in the rain, boom, boom, baby, country, you know? Everybody, right? So, Jay infamously had a line called only dudes moving units, only, only dudes moving units. It's M pimp juice and us. It's the rock in here. And this is where it started. Cause Slim Shady came out in 99. And then again, he dropped Eminem dropped in 2000 with, um, Marshall Mathers. Nelly shows up in 2000. And then there was Jay and like no one else was moving records really like that. Cause let, I mean, how many hip hop artists have I mentioned besides DMX? Uh, let's see, LL Cool J's GOAT album, The Greatest of All Time, was number one for a whole week in September, on oh, sep- the week ending in September 30th, or, yeah, or the Billboard issue that came out on September 30th, LL Cool J's GOAT album, The Greatest of All Time, was on there, uh, Madonna Music, Mystical Let's Get Ready, um, I believe, yeah, that's got Shake Your Ass and Danger Been So Long on it some classic mystical songs if you still fuck with mystical after everything that it's coming late about him ja rule rule 336 um the follow-up to um one of to uh the underrated and criminally uh criminally overlooked album i believe vinny vidivici which is ja's first album rule 336 of course introduced us to sing along ja with uh every little thing that we do boom boom should be between me and you, boom, boom. The freaky things that we do, boom, boom. And then you, baby. And every time I'm with you. <laughs> uh, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Yeah, that's when I got off the Limp Biscuit train. I liked rolling a little bit. I went, I was a big significant other guy, but I got off the Limp Biscuit train right there, sir. I was like, all right, I'm good. Jay Z, the dynasty, rock la familia. Um, he, he was on top of the charts for one week 
this R. Kelly. Can't forget about old Aura. Yeah. TP2.com. Another album that I can no longer enjoy. Featuring songs that I love, like, oh, A Woman's Threat. Great song. Horrible person. Feeling on Your Booty. Great song. Horrible person. Fiesta, which turned to the Fiesta remix. Great song. Horrible person. I Wish. Great song. Horrible person. Great remix. Horrible person. Fiesta. Great song. Horrible person. Wikipedia even has a little clip of Fiesta on it. I hate you, R. Kelly. We're going to talk about you again in a minute. Um... But yeah, I'm going through all these just to just to show you who else was out. Uh the Beatles can't the Beatles came out with a um compilation album that hit number one. And then finally the Blackstreet Boys, sorry, the Backstreet Boys turned in their fourth studio album, Black and Blue. Which um was it Shaping My Heart on there? Yep. Shaping My Heart was on there, the call, and then more than that. For anybody keeping track of course this was the follow-up to millennium their third album their second album the blackstreet boys <laughs> the backstreet boys and then backstreet's back wait so the backstreet boys is the first album and it had quit playing games in my heart okay <laughs> and suddenly we're here we are so, so they had a, a original Backstreet Boys album that came out. They did another one that came out, and it still had quit playing games on with my heart on it. But then it also had I'll never break break your heart, and as long as you love me, all I have to give, man. Some classic records right there. You know what? Let's just talk about uh, Backstreet uh, records right now. Who who wants to do that instead? Um, I, I'm completely fine with that. Let's let's just do let's just do that. Okay. No, but for real. So. Jay Z is at the top of his powers. Now that my chart and chart is done, let me um jump over here. So, like I said, Def Jam decided to release the second, the third DMX album, then there was X, and the first or the last in the um volume trilogy for Jay Z, Volume Three, The Life and Times of S. Dot Carter, in late, late, late two thousand. Or 1999. So those records carried on into the early 2000s. So just a quick look back at Life and Times of S. Dot Carter. Uh, Things That You Do, uh, feature Mariah Carey, was released to radio on January 11th. Anything, which of course wasn't even on a, the U.S. version of the album. And that was um kind of in the Annie vein, in, ca in case anybody didn't know. <laughs> it, that was in the Annie vein in case anybody don't, don't remember it was like I'd do anything I think it was from Oliver i do anything yes I'd do anything yeah anything for you well they didn't put it on the US version album and then they put it on Siegel's first album Beanie Siegel's first album The Truth for some reason and that wouldn't be the last time that Jay made that move by putting Dear Summer on Blake's fourth studio album even though he was retired I don't know I don't know guys I don't have all, all the answers the main thing that came from Life and Times though of course was Big Pimpin 
it went to radio on April 11th, 2000. Um, the, the video came out. Let's see. The video couldn't have been that far behind. I think it might even drop before then. So, Big Pimpin'. Music video. There is no date for the video, but I just remember Big Pimpin' literally carried Jay-Z all the way through the summer. And then on top of that, he did Hey Poppy for the Nutty Professor 2, the Clumps soundtrack. So he had these two big records just spinning. And then on top of that, I think that was the same year as the Best of Me remix. After the show was the After Party and After the Party, oh, that's Fiesta. Wait, yes, y'all and Jigga Man be balling. Leave chicks pigeon toes. Some of them be crawling. Get the best of you whenever I put my all in. Have mommies calling for the Lord, darling. Jigga and Paul and Astra. Man, listen, listen. Listen, son. <sighs> so, Jay has essentially arrived. There's no competition for him, even with Eminem's rise and the Marshall Mathers LP getting critical acclaim and then Nelly arriving with Country Grammar and then Ja switching his style to be more melodic and doing songs like, like, what was it? <laughs> Where would I be without you? I only think about you. I know you're tired of being lonely. You know what? He was Mr. 106 in Park, though, man. That, you couldn't turn on 106 in Park without seeing like every single song from Ja Rule. Always on time. That was 2001. That was 2001. But yeah, I'm just saying, Ja. Ja had his moment. <laughs> Will I ever talk about Ja's moment in the sun? Maybe if you catch me on here drunk one night. Maybe if you catch you out here drunk. But seriously, Jay really had no competition. Um, of course, Dr. Dre and them had came back out in 1999 with uh, uh, 2001, better known as The Chronic 2001, which is supposed to be called The Chronic 2000 until Death Row released The Chronic 2000 before they could release Chronic 2000, 2000 Dr. Dre's version. So it became Chronic 2001 and eventually just really became 2001 because... Uh, in 2000 or 1999, they didn't think it'd be a good idea to put a chronic 2001 on the shelves, even though there was a pot leaf on the cover. Um, even though in 1992, having an album called The Chronic wasn't as bad. But I guess people didn't know what The Chronic was as much, you know? That, that was more of a West Coast slang back then. And then once people really started listening to Death Row and G Funk and Snoop and all of them, they're like, oh, Chronic Sweet. And by 99, like, everybody's like, Nope, nope, everybody knows what that is. But really, Jay was at the top of his game. Easily the number one rapper with a bullet, okay? In the mainstream. Now, I'm sure there's hip-hop heads who will argue to death about the underground and this rapper against, against Hove and everything like that. This isn't a competition about, um, th this isn't a list. That's not what we're doing here. This is a literal, um, just a, a snapshot of where the rap game was. So, Jay was trying to build Rockefeller Records, something that he had been trying to do from the the essentially from the time that him, Dame Dash, and Kareem, um, Kareem, 
Oh man, why I'm drawing a blank. What is I know his name's Biggs. What is Burke? Kareem Biggs Burke. My bad. Him, Biggs, and Dame. Essentially what they have been trying to do since nineteen ninety six. Now, as far as the Rockefeller roster goes, so you know in ninety six there was Bleak. Bleak was there. And Jazzo was never signed. Sauce Money was signed at one point. Oh, thank you, Wikipedia. Give me that list of Rockefeller artists. It's no years, but I'll be able to pick them out here. Uh, around the street, and that that was really it. It was really just Hove. Foxy wasn't signed to him. Uh, he, he had, you know, there wasn't a whole lot going on. And then by 97, by the time Streets is watching come out, Christian, Christian was signed. Uh, Clue was signed in around 98. Um, let's see. Graph was later. A lot of these guys came late, late, late in the game. Rel was signed. Rel was somebody who was around for years and years with Rockefeller. Um, yeah. Dang. They really didn't have anybody is the thing. Wait, this list, this list sucks. You want to know why? Because it doesn't have... Be, uh, Beanie, it doesn't have Beanie Siegel on it, so let let's just look at the discography. So we got Christian, which dropped Ghetto Cyrano in 1997, Carano, however you say it. Shout out to my man DJ Wise though, because Wise always told me that album was fire, and I never listened to it. So I might have to look that up on Spotify sometimes. He always said it was fire. Uh, let's see, there was no album that wasn't a Jay Z album until 1998 when DJ Clue dropped The Professional. Um, and then Bleak dropped his first album, Coming of Age, which I'm a big fan of, even though it doesn't hold up and it really didn't hold up after the more I got into rap. Because remember, I was late coming to rap. And so that was one of the first rap albums I had. So, of course, I thought it was amazing. Uh, and then in, in 1999, uh, Jay-Z dropped or Bleak dropped in 99. And then Jay-Z dropped Life and Times S. Doc Carter. And then in 2000, the roster starts to expand. So Beanie Siegel joins the label. He was on volume two and three. He drops his album, The Truth. And immediately, it, it's everybody is talking about how Siegel's the truth. Um, and as he, he wasn't critically praised, um, but he definitely had the streets, man. And I didn't realize how much Siegel had the streets until I got to college, which is in 2001. And it was, ironically enough, the voice that you hear at the beginning of the episode that says, oh, we back, big baby. Are we back, baby? That's that's Ed. That's Big Easy. Um, he's the one that put me on a seagull. He's like, yo, seagull's dope. Seagull's dope. And I was, I was only going off the video, so I, I thought the truth was fine. I wasn't really impressed, but I remember them days. Remember them days? Bah, 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 bah. Um, and does it have singles on here? I don't even know. Yeah, music videos were done for the truth and remember them days. I think he only had two, um, two videos, so that's all I really had to go off of, even though Siegel had fire verses on one of my favorite Rockefeller cuts of all time, which was on the Belly soundtrack. It's called Crew Love. Oh, my God. That beat is If I could find that beat, I would tear that beat to shreds, man. Whew, that beat is so hard. Hold on, how's Bleak started? Is it did-it-did? Yo, I smoke weed now. I don't give a fuck. I also tote guns in case my drum pop up. It's cruel love. I spit to whatever few thugs. And and Bleach just kills it. 
Siegel comes on, Jay does the hook, and then they just repeat it. It's just fire. And in the course, there's the more money, more cash, more hoes, more money, more. And that was off the Corruptor soundtrack. And Bleak and Siegel killed it on there. So once I got to college, I started listening to The Reason, um, more of the album cuts. I started listening to, or I'm sorry, The Truth, and then The Reason, because The Reason came out in 2001. I started listening to that. And I was like, oh, Siegel's actually dope. And then, of course, State Property came out, and then it was a rap, you know. Uh, there was no denying Siegel at that point. So back to the list. So we established Siegel. Bleak's been there since 96. He's dropped his... He he dropped his first album in 99. He's been with Jay since 96. And then he would go on to drop his third album, Understanding, in 2000. Now, there was also another rapper on the label. Her name was Mill. You may remember her from Jay's first single from Volume 3, Put Your Hands Up. Or, even better, from the Rush Hour 2 soundtrack, or from volume two which is can i get a and this is supposed to be the first lady of the rock man it was it was supposed to be this huge look you know and like she she had she was supposed to be able to stand up there with hove and bleak and seagull and keep up with them that that was the whole idea of everything. And they pushed her as much as they could and they recorded an album and then they dropped the album and then she was gone. Like last time I remember seeing her was the Hey Poppy video. I don't even remember seeing any of her videos for the album. So, oh, that's true. Not true, because one of the best Rockefeller Posse cuts. One of the best Rockefeller Posse cuts was is for the fam. And once you get past Mill's verse, I'm sorry, Mill. You're you're fine. I've just never been a big fan of yours. I'm sorry. I, I hope you wish you all the best, man. Oh, oh we we uh Strizzy says he has he bought the a mil a million the million uh CD. Damn, really? <laughs> All money is legal? You you got that joint? He probably knows that joint front to back, too. Wow. <clears throat> wow. No comment. But uh, just curious here. I'm just going to look through uh, Mill's writing credits. And no, Jay did not write anything he wasn't on. So, so good for him. Good for him. I was going to make that accusation and be that guy. But it is what it is. But yeah, Emil, Emil just disappears. But the whole plan heading into the end of the year was it was Jay was focusing on doing a Rockefeller compilation album. He wanted to feature Emil. He wanted to feature Bleak. He wanted to feature Siegel and a couple other artists who were new to the label. That was his whole plan. That That was the goal. And... What had happened was, like, after they dropped the Mills album and it bricked, and, oh, I forgot about Road Dogs on the backstage uh, soundtrack. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Handsome Bane, a la pal claim. Uh, th that was a dope one, too. Man, I wish we had got that Seagull Bleak album, for real. That, that 
Bleak and Seagull album would have been a real problem. And I wish we had gotten that Mac and Brad album with Scarface and, and Beanie Seagull too, man. That, that would have been nuts. But Jay was focused on let's get this compilation album out. Let's um, really push these new artists, really build Rockefeller and really try to establish these guys. I know they have albums out, but we'll put, I'll be on a few songs. It'll sell. It's a good idea. Let, let's do it that way. And then uh, something happened on the way to the album. It became a Jay-Z album. And not, not, um, I don't want to say it, it was on purpose for sure. It was definitely on purpose. But it became a Jay-Z album because one, they looked at a mill sales, they looked at bleak sales. And one of the things bleak was so proud of, man, especially in this era, because there was that song pop for rock on volume three, where bleak mentioned about the, the uh, coming of age went gold. He said it like twice in a verse. He was so excited. And I'm pretty sure there was other verses from this era where he was just so proud to be gold just just absolutely proud to be gold man he was so proud and then and Siegel was in the same boat I think Siegel went platinum and stuff he, he was platinum in the streets but he was gold on the charts you know so especially after Emil's album ble bleaked <laughs> Emil's album bricked Dame and Jay and and Biggs and probably Def Jam were a little worried like look we can't we're a little afraid to just put out a straight Rockefeller album, man. Because if we do that, and it bricks, it's not going to look good for our bottom line. You know, it's not going to look good. Because <laughs> that's how they talk to Jay-Z. Uh, let's see. Um, I agree. I did want that Real Murder, Inc. album. Oh, dropping the J bars, yeah. We ain't gonna talk about Murder Inc. It just establishes a dark, a deep, a criminal link. This is turned into the Joe Budden podcast. That's funny. Uh, talking about the original Murder Inc. concept, which was Jay Z, DMX, and Ja Rule. Uh, they had, um, I, they had a song together with Mike Geronimo. They were all three of them on. They had a fire song on Ja's Vinny Vidi Vici. That was its murder, right? Jay killed it, and then Jay had this vicious hook on uh, "Kill 'Em All," man. And those those three, just just the, just that song alone, the energy's so crazy. I wish we could have gotten a real murder ink too, man. That that would have been phenomenal. Um, but alas, egos get in the way. Life goes on. Egos get in the way. It is what it is. So anyway, Def Jam's like, well, Jay, you know. What what are your plans for an album this year? And Jay's like, no, I no, I ain't a problem. I I do a terrible Jay Z. So Jay, this is my Jay Z voice. Jay's like, well, you know, I just go in there and knock it out. It ain't, it ain't a problem, you know. <laughs> 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 it ain't a problem for me to just go in there and knock it out. I'll go knock it out. And they're like, well, well, maybe Jay, you help out a little bit more on on this album here. So, from what I've read elsewhere, the Dynasty was recorded in a short time frame. 
again, Murdergram. Thank you. It was Murdergram that uh that uh X and DMX or DMX and Ja Rule and Jay were on. Murdergram was fire. That was on um that was on Streets is watching. Thank you. That was the very first collab, and then they came back and did Jaws album, and that shit was nasty. That was, man. You want to talk about some murder music? Man, I I would break all my studio equipment if I played that song right now and wake up everybody in the house. So let's not do that. Let's not do that at all. <laughs> so like may, maybe you get in there. So the recording process, as um, has been widely, um not debated, but why it's been widely stated that Jay records rather quickly. Like the most of the blueprint was recorded in a weekend and I can't wait to do the 20th anniversary of that one. Definitely going to have Marcus on for that one. Maybe some other guests let a brother know. So they, they lock into the studio and they're like, all right, well we still want to get bleak and, and um, beans on this album as much as possible. Some other, uh, other artists we got, and oh we have this song with four bars of a mill but this beat is just too hot to take her off of so let's make sure we air quotes take care of a mill by leaving her on here and thusly the the dynasty album was born so it was originally rockefeller compilation that became a jay-z album it's jay-z's most heavily featured album next to volume two i think um, which has always been one of my Oxygen's volume two. I feel like there's barely any J on it. I feel like we get just the right amount of J on this album. So I'm just going to spend a little time running through this track list with y'all. Cause I, uh, before we do that, I will take a sip of the water. Shout out to water, man. It's good to stay hydrated. And I mentioned on the uh, the blueprint three and the volume three episode with lamb i mentioned how i got in volume three as a birthday present it was an edited version from walmart and how i played it to death and that's when i became a jay-z fan because um i was more of a nas guy because my first one of my first unedited rap cds was nas as i am and that's the reason why i love it so much so and, and and just to compare more of the artists that weren't really a big problem in two thousand, um, let's see what what did Nas do in two thousand? Was the Bridge compilation in two thousand, or was that early two thousand one? Because he dropped I Am in early ninety nine. He dropped Nostradamus in late ninety nine, and then I think two thousand was mostly crickets until Stillmatic. Because he dropped that in 2001. Lost Tapes was 2002. So 2000 was a real quiet year for Nas, man. Meanwhile, Jay's just soaring. Just dunking on him, man. I got the Dynasty. I went to um, I went to go spend a few days with my stepsister. And she had a couple, um, she had a couple sons, my nephews, Chad and Jordan. And yes, Chad, if you're listening to this, I'm going to get you on the pod. I promise, bro. And we went to the store and I don't know how it happened. They're like, oh, well, I'll buy you a CD, you know, what do you want? And so when this is before college. So it, it had to it had to have been the year it came out. Or was it the summer? 
I'm trying. I'm trying. No, no, no. I think I think I got this later. Anyway, I went to went to my stepsister. Uh, we're in Winchester and went to the store, and she's like, "Yeah, hey, I buy you a CD." And I decided I wanted Jay Z, The Dynasty, Rock La Familia. Um, and this is after I had heard Volume Three and, and was a fan of that, and I was pretty sure I'd heard Reasonable Doubt by this time. And I got it. She's like, "Oh, Jay Z." I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to listen to this album." She's like, "Okay, well." Um, I'll get it for you. And so I popped in the disc, press play, and it's not gonna do it justice. I, I it's not gonna do it justice, but you you gotta you gotta play it, man. It's the only way to come into it. It's dynasty niggas as promised. The world's most infamous Rockefeller record. Bro. 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 Can can we can we take the time for an up and coming producer who arguably may be my favorite producer out of all of them? Can we just take a second? To talk about my guy, Just Blaze, and what he did to this intro. Like, like you, do you hear that? Do you hear that? I'm, I'm gonna wake up the house. I don't want to favorite it. Do, do you hear? I got I gotta stop. I'm go, I'm gonna break my studio equipment. That record is so hard. So hard. And I don't care who has rapped on it since. You can say, yo, check out the way my man killed the dynasty. We can tell do I'll be like, yo, he did a pretty good job. You know, that was good. That was good. But hove, man. The way he just tears through the beat, it's it's uncanny. And it, and for the first time, we're hearing Just Blaze and Jay Z together. What there could not have been a better first impression. The dynasty. The dynasty. Am I going to go there? Because technically, the original release of Reasonable Doubt. The pain in the ass intro wasn't separate. It was all part of Can't Knock the Hustle. The Dynasty has to be up there as best album openers for Jay-Z. Um, you cannot sleep on December 4th. You cannot sleep on... How did Volume 2 start? Oh, that was that was bleak though. Nah, this ain't jig edge and a little nigga bleak controlling the heat, reporting live from the streets. That was volume two, and bleak killed that. But Jay wrote it. Bleak does not have a writing credit on there, but but he murdered it. Bleak killed that, and that premiere beat is super fire. Whew. You you got to talk about a million and one questions. That one's just so nasty. Hova's song is good for what it is. 
And then Ruler's back. You, you got to talk about that. You got to talk about was a dream first or was Hovey Baby first on the Blueprint 2? I feel like a dream was first. Which is really disappointing now I think about it. Oh, yeah. Blueprint 2 starts with a dream, which is a real rough way to start the album. Because Hovey Baby it immediately sets the damn tone. And a dream is just a, is like them just re, recreating Juicy. But the Dynasty intro, it, 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 you know what? You know what? I'm feeling it. The Dynasty intro is the best Jay Z intro. Nothing comes close. Some come close. Because <laughs> there's something to be said for the rulers back, and there's something to be said for a million and one questions. Um, yeah. The dynasty intro, man. It just it's just different. It's just different. And it's not even called the dynasty intro. It's it's literally called intro. Intro. Three minutes, ten seconds of fire for today. Seriously. Track two is when we get introduced to our co-stars of the album. If you wanna go to Cuban Links of Ing, we have a gentleman named Beanie Siegel and a gentleman named Memphis Bleak who will be around an awful lot here in the proceedings in the following tracks. Uh, Change the Game, produced by Rick Rock. Wow. Wow. Like, the, the, the for biting, the what, the what, it's biting, okay? Because they took the resurgence of the West. So, the things that Cube was doing, the things that Dre was doing, the things that Snoop was doing, and the things that were like bringing the West back and then exhibit and bringing those sounds. Rick Rock essentially alley-ooped it up the, up the hoe is what he did. And then Ho was like, bet. <laughs> bet. Okay. And changed the game. <sighs> Has not aged a day has not aged a day. The video, like all videos from this era, has aged obviously and doesn't play that well. But this song, there's no doubt. And then when Hove gets on that track at the end, he just, just the icing on the cake, because because Bleak and Siegel already killed it, already killed it so much, you know. Great song, great record. Album's off to a fire start. Streets is talking, man. Just Siegel riding on this one. The sequel to Streets is watching. Streets is talking had some had some real talk in it, man. Let let me let me pull up my lyrics. Cause, Cause this is not a game, man. Hove is spitting that talk. Where is Genius at? How come Genius is never around when you need it? And then when you don't want it, it's like, oh, here's the genius lyrics. Like, no. I, I need the genius lyrics now. Genius goodness. Cause Jay Jay was talking that shit on the on that third was it the third verse? Or the second verse. The whole you know what? He's talking shit the whole song. But I, I believe I believe the part that I really fuck with is in the second verse. 
Because he's like, let's see. Let's see. If when shit goes down, you know who's doing the popping. And if you don't know, guess who's doing the dropping? S dot again. Yo got him in a bad mood. Bad move. That's bad news. How many times have I got to prove? How many loved ones have you got to lose? Before you realize that it's probably true. Whatever Jigga say, Jigga probably do. Shit, I paid my dues. I made the news. I came in the door for Dolo, blazed the cruise. And the streets say Jigga can't, can't go back home. You know when I heard that? When I was back home. <laughs> Come on, come on, come on. And then, and then Siegel, icing on the cake. Siegel, <laughs> icing on the cake. The first Neptunes and Jay-Z collaboration, right? Because Swiss did, um, Diamonds is a girl, like, jigging my nigga with Swiss. Yeah, I'm fairly certain the first Neptune's Jay-Z collaboration, I Just Want to Love You, Give It To Me. Y'all know that joint still go. Y'all know that joint still go. That joint's turned into a cookout classic. Fire. Oh, I skipped it. <laughs> Was my track list messed up? Because I went from, let's see. No, nah, I was just so excited I skipped it. Good job. Change the game classic. Set up the Pharrell um Jay-Z connection. So another great song. So this album's flawless so far. This can't be life. One of the reasons that when I did my greatest MCs of all time, the Scarface got bumped up for his honesty in his verse. First Jay-Z Scarface collaboration that I was aware of, unless Jay was on one of his albums, which he might have been, and I just aren't I'm not recalling it. <clears throat> but First Kanye Jay Z collaboration, you know when J Kanye's on Last Call and Jay Z was talking about all that, he was real serious. I was like, I wanted that braggadocio Jay Z. Leave it to Kanye to be complaining about having a Jay Z verse, even in two thousand four. Yeah, beautiful song, all three verses, so clutch. So so far we're five for five, five for five on a sixteen track album. This is when we start slipping a little bit. So get your mind right, mommy. We bring back Bleak. Um, Snoop Dogg is featured. It's fine. Uh, that's another Rick Rock production. Uh, in the in the flow of the album, it's it's a good song. It's a good song in the flow of the album. Otherwise, I, I could I could leave it most of the time. Stick to the script. Just blaze. Money over bitches. Stick to the script. We cop and flip. And that's just Jay and Beanie. And when Jay and Siegel get together, man, and I, I miss this so much. I know Jay is super rich and Siegel had the, the health problems and everything else uh, in recent years. And, you know, he's just not the same Siegel, Desert Eagle Dog, who else but me that he used to be. But Siegel and Jay used to just knock out some fire shit, man. Like, like you're talking about... um. Ignorant shit. You're talking about um, the joint that did. Once again, it's on, nigga. Single back like hard like corn. Like, like oh, man. They just had some real ass. Some, there's, an, there's another one on the end of this album. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Uh, But yeah, stick to the script. Clue's on there for some reason. Hosting, this, it's hosting it. I don't know what that did for Clue in the moment, but he was on there. <laughs> Shout out to Clue. You, me, him, and her. The only song that features 
a mil a mil on it. She has eight bars maybe. But Bleak and Hove and Siegel just rearranges tracks. Guts, bro. Produced by Bink. The same Bink who I did Devil in a Blue Dress. And just 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 to make sure y'all are with me. Devil in a new dress. Not devil in a blue dress. But yeah. That that classic freestyle beat, man. The the infamous one that Rockefeller went up into Hot 97 with and just destroyed forever and ever, sending like every state property guy like young Chris, young Neef, Oskino, uh, Emilio, Emilio Sparks, um, Seagull was there. They were just sitting there ripping it over and over. And this beat is one of the greatest freestyle beats ever. It's just this nasty loop and hard drums and a nice little sample, man. It, it don't take much. and It just set the table perfectly for him. And, of course, this song will live in infamy because, of course, on the um, Fade to Black movie, you see them performing this song together. Um, and then in subsequent performances over the years, um, whenever those three get on stage together, it's like a staple in their, in their set list that they got to do you, me, him, and her. And, of course, Emilion gone is what it is guilty until proven innocent fuck you are kelly fuck you are kelly for taking the joy away from this song too because even though even though it's not that it's not one of the better songs in the album it was still real solid and it's really hard to enjoy it with you ruining every time you hop on the cook damn you are kelly Damn, 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 damn. Oh, man, fam. Produced by Rock Wilder. It, it's fine. It's fine. I, I was never blown away, by, blown away by Guilty Until Proven Innocent. I thought it was cool. Parking lot pimping, though. Underrated underrated now this would be a song hell you know this was a song that when i got to college in 2001 and me and steve and ed and wes who've all been mentioned on this episode were riding around wherever you're going and we're listening to rockefeller stuff this was a song that would creep on the playlist man produced by rick rock that rick rock that slow creep that wow 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 like come on come on you can catch me in the parking lot, hollering at bitches, parking lot pimping. And I think it was Lil Mel on the hook, wasn't it? Oh, man. Such a good song. People forget about that song. Now now we get into Rough Territory. They gave Bleak a solo song. And it was produced by Beehive, um, who I think is one of Jay's friends. And Bleak produced it. He got a producer credit. It's fine, but it definitely sound like it was a... Uh, um, outtake from the understanding or or I always want to call it soon you understand that's my album and outtake from the understanding or coming of age so Hall is fine one nine hundred hustler the introduction the introduction the introduction to a gentleman named Freeway who are going to be in a group with Beanie Siegel who are going to be in, to record the uh, album called Philadelphia Freeway an album which means tons to me 
because in 2003, I was in a depressed place. I was feeling down. I got a copy of this album and just listening to this album every day gave me, I don't want it, 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 it gave me something to look forward to every day until I was able to pull myself out of it. Just saying, just saying. So the Philadelphia freeway album means the world to me and one nine hundred hustler is amazing. Of course you have Siegel bleak, um, freeway and Jay, and essentially people are calling one nine hundred hustler to get tips on how to hustle. And then of course you had the guy who kept calling in and, and messing up on the phone and trying to give away, like not speaking in code and all this stuff. And then freeway comes on and just eviscerates him. First time I heard freeway, man, I did not like his voice. Funny thing. I was like, Oh, I hate his voice. I hate his voice. And even when like, uh, the blueprint two and like, Rock the mic sold me, obviously, but there was like he did a Nas this. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna crash a nasty Nas on the freeway, and I was like, Nah, this ain't for me. I don't think this is for me. <laughs> but eventually, I got past it and really just got to listen to those lyrics. And of course, he went on to record one of the greatest Rockefeller Posse cuts of all time with um what or who, what what we do, yeah, what we do, yeah, didn't 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 even know what we did okay i had to i had to think of it i didn't want to mix that up with um the root song is is what i was trying not to do it's like sound advice or whatever it's like comics conventions and cosplay or whatever it's like ladies night or whatever it's like wrestling, or whatever. It's like parenting, or whatever. It's like anime, or whatever. It's like spiritual warfare, or whatever. It's like great friends, awesome people, coming around doing what we do best, or whatever. You should watch, listen, and follow, or whatever. It's like a podcast, or whatever. Track 13, The Rock, which is uh, Beanie Siegel and Memphis Bleak. Eh, it, it's okay. It's okay. You know, they they didn't they didn't hurt anything. It's fine for being track 13 and wasting the Just Blaze beat. Um, it's the R-O-C. Stop on top of the mom pop. Move out the block. It's fine. Maybe it's one of the reasons we never got a Bleak and Beans album because they're like, maybe we'll get a whole album of that. And we can't sell that. Track 14. The song I named my album after. Soon you'll understand. I overlooked this song for a while. And it wasn't until, again, early 2000. Three, maybe late 2002 that I discovered it and even though the three tales that Jay tells in the three verses and this is uh, one of the few solo Jay-Z songs on the album the only other ones being let's see um, I Just Want to Love You the intro all the other songs other than Squeeze First which I'm going to talk about here in a second um, feature 
at least Siegel or Blake on him. Oh, and R. Kelly. Sorry. Eh. It was something about that sample and that Just Blaze production. Again, the situations where one, Jay-Z's talking to a girl who shouldn't, or I think he's on, soon you understand, he's talking to his, um, his little, uh, it's something about his sister. Man, that, that's embarrassing. Uh, where is my, here we go. Let's just search genius here. Of course, genius is not going to give me a search bar, which would be helpful. Genius is out to get me. Jay-Z, so you understand. Load, please. You're my best friend's sister, grown woman and all, but you see how I am around girls. I ruin them all. So it's his best friend's sister who they both develop feelings for each other. But Jay is warning her, I will ruin you. I'm bad at love. Beyonce found out herself in real life. Um, verse two is, is essentially him talking to his baby mother about how he's not ready to be the man or the father she wants him to be. So he's advising her to leave him and take the baby and go find a better life without him because he's nothing but bad for him, which is wild. And in the last verse, of course, is him writing a letter from his cell to his mother. All this fictional, obviously. But the three stories just move me so much. And the way the, the hook is sampled and spit up and everything. To let him hold you, let him touch you, soon you'll understand. Ding. And when I really dug into me that song and I became obsessed with it, I knew that one day when I recorded my debut album, it was going to be called Soon You Understand. Lo and behold, six years after the fact, I did that. My first album is called Soon You Understand. It's on all streaming platforms now. Go give it a play. Make me feel good about myself. 10 tracks. But yeah, this song inspired me to name my album after it. So obviously, I love it. It's one of my favorite Jay-Z songs ever. Is it in my top 15? Yes. Top 10? Probably not. But the song was there for me again, like that Freeway album in a moment where I needed it. Followed that up with Squeeze First. It's fine. Another Rick Rock song. Then we end the album with Where Have You Been? Jay-Z and Beanie Siegel, where they're both talking to their absent father. Siegel cries in his verse. Both men are are just cutting down their dads for not being there. And Jay was in even, even more unique position because, of course, I, he before his dad passed, him and he had been reunited with him and they were reconciling, but his dad had cancer and his dad ended up passing away um, during the recording of the Black Album. So he didn't have him his whole life. And then he he finally started establishing a relationship with him and then he was gone. And the song, especially for a lot of black kids out there who don't have fathers, uh, the, the song probably hit home a little too much. 
uh, one, again, another underrated gem in Jay-Z and Beanie Siegel's catalog. And, and that's the last song on the album. So this album, to bring it all around, because we, we went, I didn't expect this to flow so well, but I should have known when you're talking about Jay-Z. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you know me, man. You know me. This gets overlooked because even though it wasn't a compilation album, it gets seen as a compilation album. Which is fine. I mean, if you want to call it that, that, that's your business. That's your business. But in the midst of dropping arguably one of his best albums and arguably one of his mid-card albums with Volume 3, Jay brought Bleak and Seagull along with them, and the three of them unleashed this opus on the world that that still holds up pretty well to this day, which is amazing that they were able to accomplish that. Especially now, if they had just went the compilation album route and had less Jay Z on it, would it have worked? Probably not. So. I'd say they, they, they made the right move in the long run. You know? Um, and really, it wasn't time to do a compilation album because remember I was going through all the projects and stuff earlier. Let's just wrap up with that. So The Understanding came out. That was Bleak's second album. We get to 2001. Professional Part 2 drops DJ Clue, The Reason, Beanie Siegel, The Blueprint. Jay-Z Unplugged drops all in 2001. That's a big year for them. Then 2002 is when The Rock finally arrived. We got State Property, Jay-Z and R. Kelly, Best of Both Worlds, Cameron, Come Home With Me, my personal Cameron, personal favorite Cameron album, Jay-Z, Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse, which is, it's fine, it's fine. You got the paid in full soundtrack. Uh, I'm looking here, and they don't even have, because um, I know they did, um, the champions compilation but that was like it was like a best of and they did champions kind of thing uh and then they went on from 2002 freeway dropped diplomatic community dropped blueprint 2.1 dropped state property 2 dropped the chain gang Joel's dropped jay-z dropped black album biffins blank dropped his best album um made m-a-d-e and then in 2004 the wheels started to come off which which was fine. I mean, all great things come to an end, unfortunately, in my opinion. But in the grand scheme of uh, Jay Z albums, the the dynasty holds up really good for being twenty years old. Really good holds up really well for holding for being tw- um twenty years old. Still has great music. Still has potent verses. It's definitely a time capsule because you're you're going to hear them say things that aren't cool to say in 2020. But I mean, that comes with your music aging, of course. But it's just another feather in, in Jay's hat because how many rappers out there? How many of the so-called greats could put so-called mid-level talent even though i never would say seagull's mid-level uh bleak was definitely mid-level talent as much as i love bleak and i'm a bleak apologist 
and put them on an album with them and then carry those guys to double platinum success and then help firmly re- help establish them deeper as into their rap careers because Bleak had already dropped Bleak was getting ready to drop his second album by the time this came out Siegel was working on his second album but he helped they went he helped them go from y'all have your foot in the door to you guys are in the room and at certain points Siegel was standing on the stage of the room Siegel would tell you if he wasn't in his feelings you know and I'm glad they made up so I can't think, I mean, I'm sure if I sat down and really thought hard, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, this rapper did this for this rapper, and this rapper did this for this rapper. But, and even in the long run, Bleak and Siegel obviously aren't rapping anymore. Uh, Bleak is um, selling Duce, like he's a Duce sales rep, something like that. It's probably way more fancy than that, but I know he works for Duce. Siegel, of course, is home in Philly. Um, still touring. He was in Morgantown. I mentioned that on the pod not too long ago, but I didn't. I couldn't bear to go see him because I it wasn't going to be a sequel I had always wanted to see. So, you you know, it, it was a success successful outing for Jay Z and company, and it just kind of set up what was to come with Rockefeller becoming what it did with state property fleshing itself out, and the diplomats coming with Cam and Joels and Jimmy and Freaky. And then eventually Kanye showing up and then the production sounds changing with the blueprint with Kanye and just Blaze's work. It it all stems and the Neptunes work with Jay. It all stems from the dynasty. The dynasty is a, is a big, is actually a, a big game changer in in the wave of music in the early 2000s it got everyone out of going to swiss for all the beats which was prominent from 1990 for most of 1999 in 2000 it got them out of that and got them looking for other sounds started looking for their own just blazes and kanye's or going and getting them because they weren't officially signed to rockefeller at the time making rappers realize there's other ways to get to the radio course jay was just doing it bigger and better than everyone else now before i end this episode i do want to say one of my favorite memories from this era was snl robert goulet played by will ferrell and jay-z and bleak and siegel are in a car actually I think I did I find it I don't know if I found it hold on hold on there like I said there's a sketch it's Will Ferrell being Robert Goulet and then Jay-Z and Beanie Siegel and Bleak, I'm assuming, were, were performing on the show that night. Yeah. Um, okay, I don't know what this guy's doing. He's ruining everything. Uh, SNL, Robert, just search SNL, Robert Goulet, and then throw Jay-Z in there. And 
Yeah, there's a site called Video Swift, Video Sift. Let's see if it's on here. And Robert Goulet is singing Big Papa. What is happening? Where's the video at? Uh, you know what? It may be gone. Where's my video? What about City Pages? You know what? Sorry. Sorry. That's what happens when I get distracted. Anyway, Will Ferrell's playing Robert Goulet. Jay-Z, Beanie Siegel, and Memphis Bleak are on SNL that night. They're in this car. Robert Goulet's in the car with them. Robert, and Will Ferrell's doing his Robert Goulet impersonation and singing rap hits and things like that. And the funniest part, though, is on top of Robert Goulet being, being there, Siegel and Bleak and Jay are all smoking a blunt. Now, Jay has not been known as someone who smokes weed, and definitely not publicly. And it's probably one of the reasons you can't find the video anymore on the internet, because Jay is is getting high with Bleak and, and Siegel right there in the car with Will Ferrell. And it's hilarious. And the more ridiculous that Will Ferrell gets, the harder that Jay and Siegel and Bleak laugh. And it, it, they just look so stoned. And yes, Will was dropping hard in bombs. We don't applaud that on this side. But I just thought that just seeing Jay put his guard down that much, especially on SNL, it was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. So if you find it, check it out. Otherwise, well, Jay-Z and Title have a race different internet. It might be on Title for all I know. Who knows? Everything's on Title. Shout out to my man, Elliot Wilson. I had to take down this podcast the other day. Now, that was sad. I, I I had been, um I put his thorough podcast up when he was in between East Village Radio and the title thing when he was doing the podcast. I was helping him put that up. And I got a copyright infringement email from Apple Podcast. And I, I texted him. I was like, yo, you had a good run. Or, or DM'd him. I was like, you had a good run, YN. He's like, he's like ha, SMH. <laughs> so I had to take down his podcast the other day. But yeah, go back and relive the dynasty. I highly recommend it. We're going to get into some recommend recommendations here in a second. But first, Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective, bringing great podcasts to the people, hyphenpodcastgroup.com, and also by Mark Robb, written by my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Show Mad Love Robinson. You can find him at themarkrobb.wordpress.com and also at the same place, T-H-E-M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. <sighs> yeah. Recommendations, where are you? Where did I put y'all? Let's get this thing started. Three recommendations. <clears throat> We're going to start off with the Holly Randall Unfiltered podcast. Uh, Holly Randall is a adult photographer. Her mother was a, a adult photographer and she followed in her footsteps and she's been shooting adult scenes for many, many, many years. Okay, she ain't that old, but for a very long time, she started a podcast and one of her guests happened to be Sasha Gray. I've always been a fan of her work and it was episode 139. Episode It's called 139 Sasha Gray Sex is Art. And you may know Sasha from her work on Entourage or The Girlfriend Experience or some of the other films she did. She retired from the industry in 2010 or 2011 
Um, she DJs, she does art, she writes books. Currently, I see her the most on her Twitch stream where she cooks a couple times a week and games and then um also um well that that's mostly what she does and just gets on there and just shoots the shit. And I think she's working on some kind of a online talk show thing. But uh her and Holly have an open conversation about Sasha's career and her life and you know what 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 it was and what's different and and it's just everything it, it's just nice to see performers get out of the biz and then not be bitter about it. It, it and like not regret anything. And Sasha definitely was one of the few that kind of controlled her own destiny in, in that field. So um if you if you're looking for that and listening for a podcast listen to Holly Randall Unfiltered episode 139 Sasha Gray. Next recommendation Black AF. This is Kenya Barris's Netflix show. It came out either right as COVID was happening, as quarantine was happening, or right before. It's essentially Black Curb Your Enthusiasm with Kenya Barris playing himself, as well as like Rashida Jones's wife and some other actors, supposedly as his kids or anything like that. And it's only eight episodes, I think, and they're only a little bit over a half an hour to like 50 minutes episode. And they, there is some nice moments, some serious moments that they get into as far as like dealing with race and his role in Hollywood and things like that. But it's just so most of the time, so over the top and Kenya is, is just showing his ass and Rashida's showing her ass. And it's a, it's, it's a wild ride. It's actually got, deadpan they got panned by critics and and watchers alike who hated it like oh black af is stupid black as fuck's dumb i can't believe this he's just making fun of us blah 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 and i can see why people feel that way but i happen to enjoy it and i actually plan on rewatching it because i really thought it was funny i really thought it was funny start finish so i'm recommending um black af on netflix and then we're going to round that out with another netflix um original this is called Quincy it's about Quincy Jones it came out shortly after Quincy did those couple of inflammatory controversial would be better interviews that came out a few years ago like saying that what's his face yeah yes it was great uh Cortez I agree buddy um the godfather uh Brando he said Brando was gay and all kinds of stuff You, you know you remember the interviews um, it's done by, ironically enough, Rashida Jones. She um, filmed her father over the course of a few years and just kind of follows Quincy um, through his normal everyday life as he deals with getting older and health issues and you get to see his famous friends. And then he was also involved with this grand opening of, um, I, I got to get the, the right name here. I don't want to mess it up because it's important. Quincy Jones Museum opening okay i think i got it yep so uh he he produced the grand opening of the national museum of african-american history um back in 2016 so like the whole film once we get past quincy's uh different medical issues that he has and ups and downs and while he's traveling the world still and quitting drinking everything else uh we see him building to producing this event and it's really great to see a master at work like that even at his age um and, and this came out last year i think is when quincy came out um 
So he, he's a little bit older, a little a little bit wiser, as they always say. But if you're looking for a really solid documentary about his entire career, like the man produced for everyone, not just Sinatra. He had like a number one hit. Um, it's my party. He he helped produce that record, and it was a number one hit. Um, so much material he was involved in. Of course, uh, he was involved with uh, Thriller and Bad and Off the Wall and We Are the World. Just just so much so much music. Just go see all the different things Ray Charles that Quincy did. Just watch it, and you get to kind of see him relive it in his own words and. It's it's a really good documentary, so I'm recommending Quincy. So there you go, Holly Randall Unfiltered Podcast, Black AF, and Quincy. Those are my recommendations. So, power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what it may be, no matter what you got to do, you got to do you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, absolutely. Always remember that. Give people their flowers while they're still here. You never know when it's their time to go. Um, hug your mom, hug her tight, man, hug her tight and tell her, tell her how much she means to you while she's still here. Um, do the same for your father. If y'all are hugging tight, if not, just dap that, dap him up, uh, punch your brother, uh, let your earbud fall out your ear, you know, call your sister, call your grandmother, call your grandfather, go visit, uh, as long as COVID allows, your family members, tell, hug your kids and tell them how special they are and how amazing they are to you. Um, tell your significant others um, how much you love them. Just make sure you just let people know how much they mean, man. Send a telegram to your aunt, Facebook message your uncle. Um, send a snap to your cousin. Send a Facebook story to your uh, godson, godfather, something like that. Just make sure you're letting people know. Let people know, okay? Now, if you go on Apple Podcast, it'd be awesome if you leave me a review. If you do, I will read on the show, good or bad. Also, while you're there, just give me five stars regardless. Just give me the five stars. Appreciate it. Hyphen Nation is available on all podcast listening platforms. So make sure you uh, check us out on your favorite. If there's a podcast pl- a listening platform that you can't find Hyphen Nation on, or there's another hyphen um, podcast group show that you can't find on your favorite podcast listening platform, please let me know and we will get that rectified for you. Also want to take the time to uh, welcome a few new shows, the hyphen podcast group, uh, cosplay every day with the delightful everyday rogue. And no, that's not the title, but I threw delightful in there. That is, um, handsome Bane's co-host on it's like a podcast, or whatever, since they started in 2017, she has now spun off into her own show. She's not leaving Alapal, but it's her own show while she, where she talks to cosplayers who have essentially been shut down by COVID. Uh, episode 7 and 8 just dropped this week, so go check that out. Also, I want to send a big shout-out to another pod that we just added. It's called Shit, Not Another Music Podcast with Eric and Casey. That's hosted by EG of Catch the Show and Underground Monster Acclaim. Those shows have now ended, and this is new show with his co-host, Casey. And they are literally just talking about the world of music and doing reviews and all kinds of things of that nature. So if you're looking for um, two friends just talking about music, like I used to do on Hip Hop Manifesto and Matt, go check out Shit Not Another Music Podcast. And then we've added another sports show to the fold. Um, you may know George Gerbo and Mike Osti from their appearances on 
my show, but um, they do a show called the Howitzer and Buzzsaw Show. They've been doing it together for years. Um, I sent a text. I was like, hey, do you care if I kind of just roll y'all into the umbrella and we promote y'all and, you know, and all's good since y'all don't have anybody really backing you like that? And they both agreed. So I'd like to welcome the Howitzer and Buzzsaw Show to the pod. And I look forward to seeing more of their show as it comes out under my umbrella. Ella, Ella, A, A, A. <sighs> Where was I? Have genuine interactions with people because you never know what the next man or woman is going through. And your kindness could save someone's life or someone else's life. Always remember that. Make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend that it's them again about hyphenation. Go to your water cooler, your local water cooler. Go to your local bar that's open. Go somewhere and wear a mask and socially distance. And be like, hey, can you believe that Hyphen loves Soon You'll Understand so much on the Dynasty album? Or can you believe that Kellen said the Dynasty intro is better than A Million and One Questions? Or that the Dynasty is a good album? Go, go discuss. Go out in the world. That's what we do this for. Go out in the world and discuss these things, ladies and gentlemen. Tell everybody how disgusted you are with the things I said and then come back and listen again when I do it again. Appreciate that. If you want to contact the show, I feel like Melisette says this at the end, but I'm just going to throw it out there anyway. If you want to contact the show, it's uh, bhyphn at gmail.com, at bhyphn on Twitter, thebhyphen on Instagram, and hyphen universe on Facebook on Zuckerberg's Monsters, I call it, or hyphen podcast group at gmail.com, hyphen podcast group on Facebook, hyphen podcast group on Instagram, or hyphen pie group on Twitter. Reach out in any of those channels, please and thank you. Words of wisdom for today. You gotta be flexible. You have to adapt. Because I had plans on recording this podcast way earlier. They fell through. And you know what? I'm still here because I wanted to get the podcast done this week. Here I am. Glad to be doing it for you. That's it. You you got to be you got to be flexible. Whether that's at work, whether that's at, in your life, whether it's with your kids, with your plans, you you got to be able to adapt. If you if you're not able to adapt, you're just going to put more stress on yourself. And on anybody else who's affected by the fact you can't adapt. Adapt. Word of the day. Apologies to Playoff P. <laughs> I know you wanted to come on here. I, and I completely forgot what your name was last episode. I know you wanted to come on here and talk about the fact that the Clippers fired uh, Doc Rivers. And how you and Kawhi uh, were depressed and sad. Well, you were depressed and sad. Uh, you know what? Rewind that back. We we don't mental health shame. Talk about the fact that uh you know y'all y'all just weren't as ready for Game Seven as as the world thought y'all were, and you know you just got beat, <laughs> just got beat by the Denver Nuggets and lost your three one lead. And I know you want to explain yourself and talk about what you and Kawhi's next steps are going to be, and which are probably going to be without you playoff P. But I promise you, Paul George. I will get you in the next one. Just just hang out, man. Keep, stay close to the phone, okay? And I'll call you next time, I promise. All right. Appreciate each and every one of y'all that listen 
to the Barack Obama for World's Greatest Podcast. <sighs> really means a lot to me to see those numbers go up. Like I said, the playoff preview wasn't doing that great. The Robin episode, though, it was right where I wanted it to be. And I, I cannot be more happy with all of y'all. Um, I do want to plug one last thing before I go. I will be on this week's episode of We Should Do This Again sometime. It's actually coming out in a few hours. So I got to get my shit together. Uh, me and Kat, who I finally got to talk to in person, and Marcus, we did three John Carpenter films. We did Halloween, 1978. We did 1982's The Thing and 1986's Big Trouble in Little China. Look for that on your favorite podcast listening platform brought to you by Hayfin Podcast Group. And that's going to be a lot of fun. So I say all that to say this, y'all. Thanks, y'all. You have been listening to Hyphen Nation, the Barack Obama-approved world's greatest podcast, hosted by Kellen Conley and his semi-regular co-host, Marcus Showin' Mad Love Robinson. Find Kellen at BeHyphen on Twitter, the BeHyphen on the Gram, and Hyphen Universe on Zuckerberg's Monster. Follow Marcus on Twitter and IG at Showin' Mad Love. Leave off the E to track him down. Email the show at BeHyphen at gmail.com. As always, this has been a Hyphen Podcast Group production. I'm Melisette of The Frightful Fret, and believe me when I say the best has not come yet. This is a Hyphen Podcast production. Are you not entertained?